friends. Welcome back to another episode of So Good So Far podcast. I'm Nicole. I'm Jackie. And we are coming at you with an episode we recorded last week. And um, we just weren't able to release it due to I was starting a new job and it was kind of hectic. And also Jackie had COVID while we were recording. It was, but we it was mostly the COVID. It was mostly the COVID thing. It was mostly the COVID. Like it, if I was able to edit it, it would have been fine. It was mostly that. But yeah, it worked out because you were pretty busy too. Yeah, my my part of the podcast isn't super time consuming like Jackie's is, and she was already yeah like you were already feeling super sick, so we recorded remotely with our guests, which was like a whole learning curve. I uh, had already had it when we were recording, but I was at the very beginning stages of it and didn't really feel like the crazy fatigue yet, and then it hit me like probably a day or two after. And then I was like, I can't move my arms, so I think it's going to be hard to edit. Oh, yeah. That's, like, the literally the worst part of it is that you're just so dead, so tired. Really just feel like you can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. And I was, like, having trouble focusing on stuff because every five minutes I was like, I need water. I need to take more medicine. I need tea. I need whatever. Like I just mm-hmm. needed something to be comfortable every five seconds. And so it was distracting. How are you feeling now? Um, yeah, now I'm like almost back to normal. And now I just have the fatigue and like shortness of breath that's like lingering there. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I feel pretty good. Good. Well, Glad to hear it. Glad you're on the mend. So what, yeah, we ha- what's been happening to you in the in the past week? In the past week, I started a new job this week on Monday. So it'll be like last Monday when this releases. But yeah, so that's been keeping me super busy this week. I feel like always transitioning into a new job is just kind of tough. And you just feel like you're trying to get the hang of it. So all week I just felt really tired and like I had a headache every day. When you're trying to take in so much information, like this is how it was when I started at my last job too. It's just a lot to kind of like reset and learn all this new stuff and meet all these new people and all this stuff. So I think next week is going to be a lot better and I kind of feel like I'm getting the hang of everything. So it's been good, but that's literally what's been keeping, like I literally have done that and nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, the last time that you started your job, I remember you being like, oh my God, I'm exhausted uh, and I feel like it was even harder with the last job because it wasn't on, like, a schedule. Like, it wasn't, like, every day from 9 to 5 I'm going to learn this. It was, like, t- okay, tomorrow I have to learn at 5 p.m., you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was just, yeah, it was, like, kind of, it was, there was no set schedule, and I worked, like, nights and weekends and random stuff like that because it was basically retail. And so that was tough. So this is nice, definitely, to have a set schedule, like, at 5 p.m. every day I leave, and it's super nice. Well, we are going to keep this intro short because we have kind of a longer episode with our guest today, but it's such a fun episode. Um, We're talking about outdoor adventuring, solo travel, and just about kind of getting outside your comfort zone. So we will be right back with that. Okay, we are back with our guest for today. She is an interior designer and an adventure-loving outdoor enthusiast. Please welcome to the podcast, Erin Keith. Hello. Hi. Hi. We're so happy to have you on. We're recording remotely, as you guys know. 
sure we'll mention that in the but intro. Not, but not remotely with our guest, which Yeah, remotely with Jackie, because Jackie's not feeling very good today. Yeah. So Aaron and I know each other. We used to work together at an architecture firm here in Denver. That's how we met, and we bonded over The Bachelor. I'm um, <laughs> listening to a podcast about The Bachelor. So um, if you want to start off with a little bit of like backstory, where you grew up, where you went to school, how yeah. you got into like what you do for a living and all that. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you ladies. Yeah. So I'm from Denver, Colorado. I grew up here and then I moved to Arizona to attend Arizona State University and then I lived out there for about a year after I graduated and I moved back to Denver going on two years now and then I'm moving to Seattle in a few weeks which I'm super excited about but I have a Bachelor of Science and Design which is an interior design degree and I've been working at a few different architecture design firms and love exploring in Colorado so Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do when you move to Seattle you're not gonna I mean there's mountains there right there's so much to do there. It's like there's Canada, mm-hmm. there's the water. Yeah, so you're by the right by the ocean. Yeah. And then there's also mountains and then you're so close to like Vancouver. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be so In fun. Oregon. Mm-hmm. I wanna see the waterfall there. Oh yeah. The Multnomah yeah. Falls. Mm-hmm. I went there last year, a couple years ago. Like when did you start going on all these like weekend adventures and going hiking? Because you go hiking or do something in the mountains, like literally every weekend, which is crazy. And did you, have you always done that since you were a kid? Like, did you grow up doing that? It's interesting because I actually didn't. For me, the mountains were always a winter activity. I grew up skiing and then in the summers I would do swim team and tennis and just like all these activities. And so I never really was super into hiking. I would go on some hikes and I actually kind of hated it, (laughs) hated going on them, which is kind of funny, but I got into hiking and the outdoors my sophomore year of college. I had an internship, so I was able to take my car to Arizona. It was like how I convinced my parents to let me take it. And then I just started going on different hikes all around Arizona and Arizona is so beautiful like the hikes there are so special and so interesting and it just kind of became a routine Mm -hmm. were you going a lot like by yourself or were you going with a bunch of friends or kind of both kind of both I definitely early on would go by myself because I didn't have too many friends that would want to go hiking I mean Arizona is like a very social place and so the main activity there I would say is like Drinking. Drinking. (laughs) (laughs) And just like social activities. And so I would just go by myself. And then people started seeing me like post that I'm on these hikes and doing stuff. And then random people would reach out and want to go on hikes. And I actually like got more friends from it and like Mm -hmm. built more relationships. But I still do like going on hikes alone sometimes. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just easier. Yeah. Yeah, that's like finding people. (laughs) Yeah, we're going with someone who's like bad at it. Do you find that (laughs) Um, you're, it's like different when you're um, going on hikes alone than when you're with someone, you get different stuff out of it? Definitely. When when I'm alone, it's a little more challenging because you can kind of just get bored with yourself. (laughs) I don't know if that Mm -hmm. sounds weird, but you just like, it's just yourself. And for me, when I 
do solo hikes. I like to do something more challenging so I can like focus on that. But it also helps meet new people when you're alone because you're a little bit more willing to talk to people and say, hey, like, where are you from? Just because you want to socialize. And then when you're with friends, it's really fun because you're just like talking and walking and it's super enjoyable. And you're usually when I'm friends, we're just like, oh, my gosh, this is so pretty like the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) it's just fun. So you go to the mountains every single weekend. I remember when we, when I started working at the company we worked at together and then I started following you on Instagram a little bit later, every single weekend. And we just had like two day weekend. Well, later in COVID we had three day weekends, but we had two day weekends and every weekend Aaron would be like in Telluride, in Uray, like far. And yeah. I mean, obviously like we know how to do that, but you drive, you have car. But cause I know a lot of people, I mean, for me, I spend like my weekends catching up on stuff and like getting things done And so how would you say you like really make time for doing that every single weekend? For me, like if I look at a perfect month, it's like three weekends I want to be outside and then one weekend I like to be home and that's kind of when I super clean my house and get my chores done and like hang out with friends. And then the other three weekends I like to try to go on hikes or just travel and that's a big part of it. And then another part is just waking up super early or driving super late or just like leaving after work at five and then driving Mm -hmm. until like 12 a.m. And then waking up at like 3 a.m. Oh my gosh. Just to like get there. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see it. And it's, it sounds tiring, but it's so worth it when you get to like wake up in a new place or a super pretty place and Mm -hmm. it makes it worth it. Yeah. So do you usually stay up in the mountains and like rent an Airbnb or camp? I try to stay at least a night if it's farther, if it's like more than two hours. But what I usually do is I'll just go car camping. If I'm by myself, I'll sleep in my car. And then if I'm with a group, it's usually camping because that's just a lot more affordable than always finding a place to stay and you can just like park anywhere mm-hmm. and go to sleep yeah I was yeah. gonna say like is that expensive going and doing stuff every weekend like of course you probably go get dinner somewhere like go get mm-hmm. drinks like in the town or something like that but it's definitely less expensive than other things you could be doing like yeah going out to dinner every night of the weekend or like drinking all weekend like it's probably cheaper than that right? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because you're just paying for gas and then the food you're gonna bring mm-hmm. and then that's pretty much it and that's like the cost of going out for dinner and drinks yeah like on a Friday night yeah and like so much more worth it because you're really getting to like experience something new I mean obviously zero regrets yeah exactly you don't wake <laughs> up in the morning like why scared <laughs> yeah. why did I do this this is a mistake <laughs> so what would you say are like what are some of your favorite places or hikes that you've gone on in Colorado mm-hmm. for all of our Colorado listeners <laughs> So I swear every time I go somewhere in Colorado, I say it's my new favorite place. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to pick one because everywhere I go, there's so many different places in Colorado that are all so unique. But I think for anyone who's a beginner or new to Colorado or visiting, Rocky Mountain National Park would be a good place to start to get like a all around Colorado experience. Mm -hmm. And if you want to start like going on a hike by yourself or you just can't find anyone to go on a hike with, I'd say going there because 
you're really not going to be alone there. There's like hundreds of people Mm -hmm. (laughs) that go there. Um, So I love Rocky Mountain National Park. And then anywhere in the Southwest, like Telluride, Silverton, Uray. One of my favorite places I went over the summer was Lake City. And it's like right next to Telluride, but Mm -hmm. separated by a mountain pass. And I didn't even know it existed I've never heard of that yeah me neither (laughs) I've lived here my entire life (laughs) it's yeah it's called Lake City because there's a huge lake it's the largest natural lake in Colorado oh my gosh I I forget the name I think it's Lake something but it's close enough (laughs) yeah and when I was researching because I wanted to go it was during the summer where we had the three-day weekends Mm. and you know none of my friends had three-day weekends so I wanted to take advantage of that and go on some trips and so I wanted to do these two 14ers that were in the area and I saw it was right next to Lake City so that's how I even knew it existed Mm -hmm. yeah I just started researching the huge lake there and it's so pretty and the town it feels like a rural Colorado mountain town still like it doesn't feel like Estes or Mm -hmm. any of those touristy yeah Aspen yeah those ones can be a little bit touristy not to say that they're not beautiful and fun to go to, but if you wanted something that's, like, more remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the most remote mountain town I've ever been, and it's in such a pretty area. And there's a pass that you drive up called Cinnamon Pass. <gasps> cute. <laughs> well, it's not cute because you're <laughs> you're driving on, like, a cliff. She's like, it's lethal. <laughs> it's, it's so scary. And I was by myself, and it's, like, it was all these families, like, driving in ATVs and stuff, and I was just, like, panicking at the wheel. They're all, like, laughing at me and oh. letting me go past them and stuff. But after you get past the scary part, it's so pretty, and there's all this dispersed camping, which is free camping, which I highly recommend that also drives costs down too when mm-hmm. you do stuff and it's just it's so pretty there wow places I'm that are so remote that they're free camping those are the best places because there's this time when i went to zion national park and found a free camping spot and it was like really out of the way like probably like a 45 minute to an hour drive outside of the park it had such a good view of the stars and we were around like all these beautiful trees and there was no one around and it was free. Yeah. So it was the best camping. Yeah. It's definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to Utah has a lot of great camping spots. Yeah. Especially Colorado. There's a lot too. There's a yeah. lot. Yeah. It's There's a like, lot out there. Yeah. <laughs> Utah though so that's has, the tip. A, has a really like diverse range of different types of parks Mm -hmm. and like different camping too so I kind of like that a little bit better but Colorado is nice it's just that sometimes it really is just too cold to camp in the mountains Mm -hmm. yeah so have you mostly done camping and stuff in this area have you been out of the west coast area and uh, out of the U.S. even to do any of that I'd say I've mainly been camping in Colorado and Utah in the United States. Um, I did go backpacking in Thailand, so it wasn't technically camping, but I was like living out of a backpack. But yeah, I haven't been on too many camping trips in the United States, like outside of 
the Rocky Mountains or the Southwest. The, I, I love feel it like this area is just so nice. Like it gives you, there's so much to explore yeah. that you really don't need to go out, out of it unless you like really want to see a different type of landscape. Yeah. And for me, when I, I love traveling too. And so I have friends in so many different states now. And so when I go and visit them, it's pretty much just like go visit them in the city. Mm-hmm. And But I think as I get older, I'll probably want to try to focus more on like seeing like the Appalachian Trail or the PCT and mm-hmm. some of those areas. Yeah. That would be so cool to do one of those. Yeah, we were talking about that recently, me and Nicole. Like, it'd be fun to do, like, a podcast where we're just on the AT or the PCT. Oh, and that's like, such a good idea. remotely. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? And you could hear, like, the nature, like, the birds <laughs> chirping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just, like, podcast it out in the middle of nowhere. Like, what, what would we have to have, like, a generator? I don't even know. We'd there are, like, really good battery packs. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, there's battery packs where they're, like, solar-powered. Mm, okay. So you could Okay, you should do this. That'd be fun. I'm really not prepared. That's like one thing about me. I've like lived in Colorado my entire life. One one thing about me is that I just am bad at (laughs) I'm not prepared. (laughs) Don't like I just I know a lot about like hiking and things like that, but not enough. I would feel like not enough to do a long trip like that where you're camping. I'd have to I'd have to do it. It's definitely something you have to work up to. I'm not really like that familiar with backpacking with like long hikes i've like backpacked Mm -hmm. and i've hiked but i haven't like backpack hiked if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like i I did like a similar thing like aaron what you were saying about backpacking in thailand like i was living out of a backpack when i was backpacking in europe for three months but it wasn't doing like a long trail so it's completely different type of backpacking Mm mm-hmm I actually got a permit for the PCT. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. And I was going to go alone. And then I decided to go to Thailand. Oh. I got so freaked out. I was like. Yeah, it is freaky. That's intense. It's fr- yeah. And it's like. Have you seen it, Wild? Like, that looks intense as fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have not seen that. With Reese Witherspoon? Yeah. I want to see it. Oh, yeah. When once you see it, you're not gonna want to go on it anymore. But then you are also gonna want to go on it more. It's hard to explain. You're gonna both be more scared and want to do it more. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm ready. <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't a huge hiker. I don't think before. And she yeah, no, not really at all. Sent it. Yeah. And she was all right, guys. Withdraws <laughs> from heroin, so you oh, don't have okay. that. So I don't have that easier. going for me. So yeah. I'm just out of shape. Um, You're getting shape so quick. Like I feel like week. you would. Yeah, literally so fast. Yeah. Yeah, you would. Yeah. It. You do need to work up to it, but there's like so many like little hikes that you can do. You can just like start with like two or three days of backpacking, mm. and then move up to like even just like a few weeks, and then and then you could go for it you don't have to like mm-hmm. go on like three hikes that are like 50 minutes and then all of a sudden be like all right i'm going on the pct goodbye yeah because <laughs> you would die That's a for disaster <laughs> yeah. so what would you say when you've been camping or hiking or traveling um what is like the the scariest thing you've done or like the thing that's gotten you most out of your comfort zone this one, I could just talk about a lot of different situations. A lot of different things. Because I feel but, like a lot of times you're like, yeah. oh, I did this new thing. Or I this is like my first like solo 14er. Or mm-hmm. I did whatever. Some like thing that was outside of your comfort zone. And you're always just like trying new things yeah. and pushing yourself to do that. Yeah, I think trip that 
probably pushed me out of my comfort zone the most was when I started like my first camping trip alone because I didn't really have a plan and I just ended up driving to a random place and I actually like have never been so scared like sleeping in a car alone at night I had a mental freak out at like midnight I saw someone running with a flashlight and I then they like ran off and it was midnight I'm like what are what are they doing mm-hmm. out here at midnight uh, <laughs> like what could they possibly be doing they're probably looking at the stars but I went to like some murderer was running out of the trees and I freaked out I was I've never been so scared I could barely move and then I like jump in my front seat and I start driving away but the camping area I was at I had to cross a river and so then I started freaking out I was gonna get stuck in a river so I think just like dealing with the mental aspect of being scared sometimes and sometimes going down a deep dive hole of I'm gonna die and then you're you're not like you're yeah. fine like it's like a person who's doing the exact same thing I'm doing mm-hmm. like they're yeah. just probably looking at the stars mm-hmm. and running around yeah. <laughs> I don't know but who knows but yeah I think like anything where you don't normally do it like doing something alone being outside alone and having to solely rely on yourself like if your tire pops or mm-hmm. you know you're like I have to deal with this yeah, yeah, and it's just you, which is pretty cool to like know that you can rely on yourself mm-hmm. and you can get yourself through scary nights. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it'll we'll get there eventually. Yeah, it comes up. Yeah, it's also nice because then it's like, oh, if I can do this, I can like handle the next thing better. And you probably have more mm-hmm. and more faith in yourself the more things that you can do. And then it's just as that trust builds. I don't know. It probably affects you in other parts of your life positively like I'm sure that maybe you have more confidence in your career or you know dating even something like that where that helps build your confidence yeah it definitely does because you can take some real life experiences and then apply it to what you're going through because it's an equally hard time even if you're not like scared in the woods like you can be in trouble at work or, you know, have a fight with a friend and you just like feel so upset about something and then you can realize like it's going to be okay. Like, and you can talk yourself out of situations. I think once you can talk yourself out of like, um, situ- like realistic fears. Yeah, like you're like, like, oh, I'm going to die. But you talked yourself out of that. Yeah. Because like, like, you're I'm not. Gonna, yeah, like I'm going to be okay. And then when it yeah. comes to like, I had like a confrontation at work and you're like, eh. Remember the time I thought I was going to die? Like, this isn't really that bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'll come out from I'm not going to die from this. So where it's like, it feels really real. Like, what if that person did come, like, up to your window and was like, that's horrifying, you know? Yeah. And so that's like, it's more, it feels more like the realistic fear is right there instead of just like a more mental fear yeah. of something like that. So yeah. do you go on a lot of solo hikes and solo camping trips now? I try to do one solo trip alone and over the past few years especially starting from last year it's been more camping trips because traveling has been limited like I'm not gonna want to like fly somewhere alone Mm -hmm. yeah so my first solo trip was to Thailand and you went there alone yeah I didn't know that (laughs) is that like the one of the first times you were out of the country too it wasn't I it was my first time in Asia 
I had traveled to Europe a few times and actually flew to London just with my sister one time to meet my dad. So I kind of experienced international traveling, not with a parent before, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was my first time. It was crazy though. Cause once I was over there, there were so many solo travelers, like from Australia and like France. And it was just something that was so normal for them. Yeah. Whereas I feel like here mm-hmm. people kind of get nervous about it and they're like, Oh, you're going to get taken yeah did you ever feel like in any point that you were unsafe I mean traveling alone as a female anywhere even if I traveled to the grocery store (laughs) like even if I went down the street at night alone I'm like I don't know about this no like even if I were to travel to like Utah or something Mm -hmm. one state over by myself I'd be like I don't know yeah because America is crazy people are crazy here yeah Yeah. I actually felt super safe like more safe in thailand alone than i have on like some of my camping trips alone Mm -hmm. you hear like these stories and of course they're few and far between but they sound like when you hear them you're like oh my gosh it's gonna happen to me and obviously you just have to be safe and think Mm -hmm. like and and that can happen to anybody it doesn't matter like that guy maybe could have still done something like you just never know i think it is important to try to be safe but i say like i was like i'd be scared to go to another place but i also like went and lived in new york by myself for like three months so I'm like okay I did that so and awesome. it, and I felt safe there too because there's so many people mm-hmm. it's like once you're around so many people you just kind of start feeling like well nothing's gonna happen with all these people around also like it depends on, lo- on the location but somewhere like Thailand that's a pretty like hot tourist spot with like mm-hmm. a lot of people going to visit it so you're gonna have a lot of solo travelers but if you go somewhere that's like more you know not quite as touristy it might feel a little bit more scary because you might be the only like American around or the only English yeah. speaker around and that can be kind of uncomfortable and it it feels like even though these things are rare, it's like all we see on the media. It's like every movie, mm-hmm. every TV show, like true crime podcasts, they're all around like women yeah. getting, yeah. being the victim. Yeah. And so it's like, it's hard not to have that kind of ingrained, even though yeah. it's, it is rare, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. It's like, you just still, it, it could happen to anybody, even though it is rare. It's like, you don't know. So I think, yeah, the main thing is to like be smart I think I would be really nervous, but once you're out there doing it, you're kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, it's fine. Everything's fine. Like, no no one out here is, like, trying to get me. But I think it's also, you know, are you – what setting are you in? Are you getting to a point where, like, you are super inebriated or something like mm-hmm. that where you're, like, maybe not making the best decisions? That, that can be kind of scary if you're alone. But that's, like, a big thing I wanted to touch on was just traveling alone as a female because I'd love to do that. I'd love to go – do like a super cool trip to Yosemite or something like that mm-hmm. like by myself or go out of the country by myself. And I could definitely do it. Um, I think I would just need to do a little bit more research and know like what it's like and ha- yeah. like what, like how to stay safe. I mean, it's also something where it's like, you don't have to step, you know, a hundred feet out of your comfort zone. Like you could go to a place with someone and then go there alone the next time just to like, you know get a little bit more comfortable like oh I've already been here with someone so I kind mm-hmm. of know where I am and I kind of understand the landscape 
now I'm going to go alone and see. And then the next time, maybe you can go somewhere that you haven't been alone and it'll feel more comfortable. Like I like to always think of it like you just have to take one step out of your comfort zone. You don't have to like leap as far from it as you possibly can. There's no reason to do that if you don't want to. And it doesn't, it might not even really be safe to do that. It's one thing to push Mm -hmm. yourself, but to like put yourself in danger, I think is maybe a little bit stupid. Yeah. What would you say like, Obviously, we've touched on this a little bit, but what are some of like the best lessons that you've learned from traveling alone or getting outside of your comfort zone, trying these new things, like even if it's with people or just yourself? Mm-hmm. And how has that kind of changed your perspective like as a whole? I think Jackie made a really good point where you don't have to take a whole leap out of your comfort zone. And so, you know, me five years ago, I wasn't doing everything I'm doing now. I was doing more popular hikes or just like going to a movie by myself and just getting used to being alone. And now that I've started doing like scarier things or harder things or hikes that challenge me more, there are times when I am super scared or like I'm on like a mountain face, like looking down saying, if I fall, I might die. Mm -hmm. And my brain is like, you're going to die. Like you're not like, (laughs) you're like, you just start spiraling, you know, and your your brain is freaking out, but like your body is still doing it. Like you're still breathing. You're, you haven't fallen. Like you're not, you're not dying. Like you're, you're fine. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge lesson to learn is once you start taking little steps outside your comfort zone, then like other things that used to seem scary aren't mm-hmm. or yeah, you yeah. just know how to deal with it better mm-hmm. your, your comfort zone like grows like if say mm-hmm. your comfort zone is a circle you know maybe when you're just starting out it's like your comfort zone is like just a foot of space that you stand in but then the more that it expands the more you can walk around in that circle and eventually it just gets so big that taking a step out of it could be something to like really wild like you know, going on a solo backpacking trip alone in like South America, you know, that's something I Mm -hmm. couldn't do right now. But there's no reason why anyone can't expand their circle to eventually just be able to take a step out of it to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think anyone who, you know, has a dream to do something like that, like backpacking by yourself, like, I think it just starts with being by yourself and Like, I remember the first movie I went to alone and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to movie theater alone. Like this is, it doesn't seem like something that's a big deal, but I don't know. It was a big deal to me to like Mm -hmm. do something alone or like go to dinner alone. Yeah. Things like that where I do so many things alone like that, where I'll Mm -hmm. like go, I'll go to like a concert alone or to dinner by myself, you know, and it, it does seem weird at first. And then you're like, Honestly, this is so nice. Yeah. It's not weird. And because you don't have to, you don't have to like account for anyone else's like wants when you're doing stuff like that. Like you can go to a concert Mm -hmm. and go to the front and it doesn't matter because you don't have to worry about anyone else. Or like you can go to the movie theater and like eat the whole thing of popcorn. It doesn't matter. You don't have to Mm -hmm. share, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's really nice for me to do things alone too because of like my anxiety. I'll be like, when I'm with other people, I feel so pressure to do the things that they want to do like at a concert Mm. I'm like I really don't want to be in the front because I'm claustrophobic I don't want to be around all these people so when I go alone I'm like this is so nice I can I can go to the front if I want and then I almost feel like I kind of want to because I'm like well I don't have to you know so then you kind of have this freedom of not being 
pressured or yeah, or like brought feel down bur- yeah or feel like burdensome mm-hmm. yeah like, like if someone wants to do something like, yeah you don't want to like yeah. pull someone back from doing yeah it's nice you just do. like go get food when you want to get food go home when you want to go home like do yeah it's just nice to do things alone I think that's like another thing we wanted to touch on which we I feel like we did but being okay with being alone and not always I mean I remember having friends even in college who would be like can you come meet me at the dining hall or things like that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, you know, I just didn't deal with feel, it. <laughs> yeah. I would be like, I don't want to really do that. And, or they, or I just, I, I mean, I just remember stories here and there where they're like, Oh, don't go in without, we're meeting at a restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait for me to go inside. Like, I don't want to walk in alone. And I'm like, well, why? Like, what's the, what's so hard? But I get like, if you've never done that or that's totally outside of, your realm of thinking and you're always around people and or you always have a partner or something like that it probably does seem kind of scary so mm-hmm. I should probably give them more credit I'm like that's stupid <laughs> just, just take a take a leap yeah go in it'll be okay yeah that would be a really good episode though to like like on like doing things alone like being alone mm-hmm. being okay with being alone because I feel like a lot of people have that problem and yeah that's Nicole, that's one of our strengths. Or few strengths. It is. I love one of our few I love being strengths. Alone. I yeah. love being alone. It's so nice. I wish Aaron wasn't here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm just kidding. Okay, let me see what other oh, there was something I was gonna ask. Oh, what okay, two questions. What's the most interesting place you've traveled? And then what is like what's a place or a hike or a big dream that you have? Sorry, that's That's two questions. (laughs) I'll start with the most interesting. I think the most interesting for me was Thailand, but specifically Bangkok and Chiang Mai, because I went to Bangkok, Chiang Mai, and then down south to the islands Mm -hmm. of Krabi. And for me, I've gone to Paris a few times and when I first pictured myself traveling internationally, I thought I was going to have to like really learn the language and be like, oh, how do I ask where the bathroom is? But then once you're in Europe, like everyone speaks English. Mm -hmm. And that was not disappointing, but it just felt like, oh, like everyone can understand me and I don't have to like figure anything out. Mm -hmm. But then in Chiang Mai, like, I mean, I didn't know their language and they didn't know mine. And so it was like a completely different world where Mm -hmm. you're learning a different culture and you're just trying to like communicate with people and you're just like using body language and hand gestures to be like, oh, I want this drink or I don't know. And there's just super cool things over there. Like I think the best invention of the world that I found over there was it's this little bag that you're iced drink sits in Mm -hmm. and it's just like a little cup holder that you carry oh around like I'm like this is better than sliced bread like (laughs) we need this over here (laughs) so just finding these oh my gosh that's funny yeah it's it's the best thing I miss it all the time but yeah just I found it really interesting to not really speak the language and not have the people I was with speak the language and I met a bunch of people from like Canada and France and they all spoke English and then when we'd go out to dinner they'd all be speaking French or different languages and then they'd have to like speak English for me and like mm-hmm. accommodate me and I'm like I'm just I feel like a stupid American yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, literally they're like 
all talking and I'm just sitting there like trying and then they're like oh sorry mm-hmm. and they all speak five languages yeah, yeah. Just, like, and you're like I Ugh. speak one literally everyone in the world speaks at least two languages yeah. except yeah. for Americans yeah so embarrassing. <laughs> and then they were like talking about Trump's our president and I was just you're like oh, I gotta I go just, <laughs> sorry everyone I'm, I'm so not sorry. cultured enough to be here and then what would you say is like um a big goal like hiking or traveling goal that you want to achieve my ultimate goal honestly in life is to hike everest i was gonna ask if that's (laughs) if you wanted to do that i've always been so into everest like i i've watched every everest documentary i've read all the books and i've just been so i just i want to do it but then it's also a lot (laughs) so i don't know if i'll ever i don't know if i'll ever have the chance it's just you've you've read into thin air oh yes and you still want to do it after reading that yes that's like (laughs) that's what got me into it and so yeah and it's honestly been like the center of my decisions like when i was deciding where to move from arizona i was like i need to move to higher elevation so i can do harder hikes so i can (laughs) potentially hike everest i i think it'd be so like such a cool feeling to be at the actual top of the world Mm -hmm. but so cool yeah, there's just a lot with it, like with the Sherpas and so many deaths and stuff. Go for it, but um, I, also it terrifies me. So it's also like forty thousand dollars plus. Yeah, it's and like it's three so months expensive. of your life. Uh-huh. So do you? I mean, another like interesting goal that an ex boyfriend had was like to go to the top of uh, of all the highest mountains in every continent. So you would do yeah. like Kilimanjaro and like Denali here and. Yeah, I think that'd be super cool. I think for that, I need to get more contacts, like have mm-hmm. a boyfriend or something to like, because you need a group for some of these and you need to yeah, like, really. because you can't, I mean, I love going hiking alone, but you can't do some of these alone. And so you need like a really good hiking and climbing yeah. partner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty jealous of people who can do that and they just like have like a group that like all those photographers, like they just go on expeditions mm-hmm. and they have like big fun groups of people who want to do stuff like that. That's what mm-hmm. I want is like a big, I mean, honestly, this would be so easy to find. We live in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm like a group of friends who wants to go and do like outdoor adventures. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not putting myself <laughs> in the right areas for that. It'd be fun to get a group of like creatives, like people who are videographers and photographers and like fun stuff like that and you can document it that's like what's really fun to me I think is like to document it put it together I guess I could do it <laughs> I guess I that's me it, I guess. <laughs> that sucks let's go it sounds fun though like I just think it, it's always so fun to see those people's adventures and it's like they're also fun they're carrying all their gear and like mm. hiking up and just getting the coolest shots and just like BTS of the whole thing it's just super fun I think it looks fun I don't know I've never done it <laughs> like, couldn't be me <laughs> It's like the adventure hiking couples. Yeah. Because then it's like if you have someone you're always with and then you just always go somewhere, it's like Mm -hmm. so much easier than... Because I, I mean, I think I love being alone too much. So then I'm like, I don't, I don't want to reach out on Facebook, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like it's some, but if that's something you want to do, I think you have to. So my last, my last long-term relationship, uh, he was really into hiking and mostly into climbing um as well and it was really nice to always have like an adventure partner 
Um, mm-hmm. I think, like, honestly, the relationship went on much too long because I was, like, I don't want to lose that and that comfort of, like, being able to do things. I mean, so, like, totally helps, but also then you do become, like, dependent on them to be that person, like, that you adventure with, and they may not always want to do the same thing. So there's, like, good and bad parts to having that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on to, like, wrap up before we go into the segment? Well, I do want to say if you go anywhere outside alone, like to be prepared and like bring like pepper spray or something like just like be super safe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think we live in a world that's like so focused on screens and we're staring at a computer for eight hours a day and then we're staring at a TV and then our phones And then we wake up and do it all again. And so just like seeing trees and animals and being outside, I think is so beneficial for mental health, especially when, you know, we're inside 90% of our lives staring at computers. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. I definitely need to like make a point to get outside more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some days, especially during the really strict quarantine phases where I was like I haven't left my house in a week yeah (laughs) sometimes I'm like this is scary like what what air am I even breathing like my recycled wilting away body like yeah this is not good (laughs) I was gonna say earlier to your point of like being prepared not just like being safe like getting pepper spray and stuff like that but also having a map and like know where you're going and like kind of have like a general idea of the area and like Mm -hmm. of what you're gonna see and stuff like that my like motto when I'm like traveling is always to be prepared uh like you don't have to be you don't have to have a plan but you have to be prepared I don't really like planning things too much when I'm doing stuff because I like the spontaneity of like traveling but I like being prepared for any scenario that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. yeah and there's so much gear out there like there's all these trackers and all these things but you don't necessarily need that like there's so many apps like all trails is Mm -hmm. so easy and you can download the trail you're going on and like track yourself so that like eliminates the possibility of getting lost Mm -hmm. and just like and having a regular map too I I think like Mm -hmm. having like an Mm -hmm. actual printed out map is super helpful for me that's super cool yeah (laughs) I want to start i looking at maps more Mm -hmm. the motto of the day is to get outside (laughs) outside. and be prepared yeah be prepared go outside yeah step outside your comfort zone yes Mm -hmm. take little steps outside of it or test the water whatever or take a big leap and die just dive dive (laughs) head first (laughs) uh okay well we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back to do our end segment we're gonna read some of the stories that you guys wrote in about your crazy wild outdoor adventures and we will be right back with that all right we're back and we're gonna start our segment about just crazy things that have happened to us outdoors so we got a few really funny responses so we're gonna share those and then we're gonna share some of our own personal experiences as well uh do you want to start nicole so speaking of thailand i had a girl send me a story she sent it in a voice memo so i'm gonna like paraphrase it 
because it's mm. kind of long. But basically, so she she said that she went to Thailand with some friends and they were trying to find a place to go where you like go and feed the elephants and like bathe them and stuff. And so she was like, we were trying to find a really good one. We found one that sounded super great. So we booked it. They get picked up by this little car, I guess. And they're like going like, deep into the jungle And she was like, we were driving for like two hours. It was, we were super nervous. Like we didn't know what was going on. So then they got, they stopped at a place and they all got out because they thought they were there. And then the guy was like, no, you're getting in this other car. And it was like the back of this truck. And they had to like sit in the bed of the truck and go like another hour into the jungle. And it started raining. And she said they were like soaking wet in the back. And then they started getting like really scared. They were like, it was getting dark, I guess and super stormy and she was like i don't know where we're going then she starts thinking okay maybe we are going to the place but also they were going so deep in the jungle and when she had gotten vaccinated she was like i'm not going to the jungle she told her doctor that and so they didn't give her like all the vaccines for being in the jungle like other vaccines you need for for, like malaria or things Mm -hmm. like that so she didn't get any of those vaccines she's like i'm either being like driven like kidnapped or i'm gonna get like some disease Turns out neither of those happened. She, they went to the elephant place and she was not, she didn't get sick. But she was like, for three hours, we thought we were being kidnapped. We didn't want to make like a huge deal of it. There's other, there was another like couple with them or something. And so they were trying to like be chill and it ended up all being fine. But she was like, it just was seemed, there was nothing that said it was going to take that long to get there. Jeez. And anyway, that sounded super scary. That I would have been freaking out. Even if like, it all turns out fine. Of course, like, you're like, oh, I'm so relieved. But, like, you don't have cell service. You don't have, you don't know anybody there. Like, no one knows where you're at. Yeah. And like, you could, very, and you're getting taken, like, into the jungle. You're like, I don't know what's going on. I'm, like, in not. The back of the truck, in like, the back of, like, a flatbed truck. You're like, okay. This is it for me, I guess. This is, what I, this is what I was expecting, but I guess this is how I die. It's an interesting place to die, I guess. You have that going mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. But they would, I mean, they would never know. They would probably just, like, go missing, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, disappeared in the jungle. That's a pretty sick way to go. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, compared to other things that could happen. I want to go fast, though. Like, are they going to starve for days? Yeah. Or are they just going to, like, behead them? I don't Mm. know. You know? (laughs) Anyway, cut that out. Um, Okay. (laughs) Jackie, what stories, which ones do you have? Um, I'll read the one I got first. So Joel says that the most recent thing comes to mind is he stumbled upon a shepherd and his massive herd of sheep deep in the... I don't even know what this word... Uncompia... Um, oh, uncompagre. Yeah, I think that's yeah. how do you say that? Is that yeah. how you say it? I struggle. Every oh my time. god, really what does that mean? Don't come for us. Is it, it's like the national. It's a national forest. Oh. Or, yeah, there's yeah. a mountain uncompagre, but it's like <laughs> also a national forest. <laughs> yeah, it's in Colorado. Okay, it's like the southwestern mountains. Gotcha. Okay. Um, he was literally taking hundreds of sheep over fourteeners. It made me want to be 14ers yeah made me want to be a shepherd low-key and that makes me want to that's like my dream yeah that's Aaron's dream guys it's not Everest anymore it's shepherd (laughs) that like reminds me though when I was in Iceland they have like obviously like more sheep than people and even though sheep are like pretty dumb one thing that they're like really good at no sheep are dumb like that's just literally the thing about them that everyone knows is that they like follow Mm. people whatever Mm. like they're just dumb 
that's why on the path yeah but the but the one thing that they're good at is like they know the best way to get around a mountain there's this sheep path in iceland they call it like the kintakata or something like that that's their word Mm -hmm. for it and it's like this really thin trail because like the sheep walk like completely like straight like one foot over the other and so it's like the trails like literally only maybe like are a foot wide and uh the people in iceland always told us like if you're on a mountain and you don't know the best way to get down just follow that path because they always know the best way to get one place to wow the other. that's so cool yeah i know that's so, so cute you started like trusting the sheep a lot because they just like they have such good instincts and even though they're, they're kind of dumb and in certain ways you're like they just have like a really good like hiking instinct. I just loved that about them. Like they like love sheep. They like prize sheep. Everything is about sheep there. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. I know. So I, I kind of want to be a shepherd too. That would be such a nice life just walking around with sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love that. It'd be so peaceful. Like sheep are just yeah. the most like peaceful animal. I feel like that's why mm-hmm. you count them when you're trying to fall asleep. Yeah. Peaceful wow. and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> just like me just like, i'm not peaceful oh man Aww. um okay so i had a couple of short ones um one was my friend and i hiked the narrows in zion and came face to face with angry cows she sent me a picture and said that this she took the picture and then this cow like charged at her that's horrifying <laughs> i've God. never had an animal like, charge at me i'm always nervous to be around big animals like that yeah. and everyone's like they're fine they're not worried about you turns out they're and also what were the cows doing in the narrows in zion old yeah very unexpected in the canyon this cow charged us right <laughs> after it picked its nose with its <laughs> he tongue looks scary he looks angry he's also looks like really bony oh maybe he's hungry and what and he wanted to <laughs> eat he smelled their <laughs> snacks <laughs> maybe aaron's like he wasn't hungry for the flesh <laughs> he was hungry for- he's a vegetarian yeah <laughs> he just wanted some salad <laughs> okay do you want to read colin's sure so again colin has just come through and he comes through on every single podcast and yes thank you to colin so much so yeah i was really into survivalist stuff as a kid When I was 11 or 12, I begged my parents to drop me off in the woods with an axe and some matches and leave me there for a week so I can make a shelter and try to survive in the wild. Great start. (laughs) They insisted I take a cell phone as well in case I got in trouble, which I begrudgedly accepted. (laughs) We drove up a ways into the mountains and went along near some back roads uh, close to Idaho Springs until I figured it, it was remote enough and I got out of the car. They drove off, and I was left there in a perfect man-against-nature scenario. It lasted against, <laughs> it lasted about two hours until I got really thirsty and hungry and gave up and called my parents crying, hoping they hadn't forgotten about me. They had gone into town and got lunch and then came back up and were parked about 100 yards from where they dropped me off, <laughs> waiting for the call and taking bets from family members about how long I would last. <laughs> it taught me a lot of lessons about preparation for things you think are cool and also how to let your kids make mistakes and fail safely oh i thought that was cute a good story that's such a good story that kind of reminds me though like of the office of the office yeah (laughs) was that that your thought too yes where he's like i'm going out into nature (laughs) and he's like 
Dwight starts hitting him with his shoe. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, you need to be unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, okay. I have a couple other short ones. Someone wrote in and said, got stuck in the snow on a closed road in Iceland with no cell service. Ooh. Which I'm like. We need some follow-up. What happened? How did you get out? I'm assuming... <laughs> They're still there they today. Got, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's sending this in from the road in Iceland. The one bar she found. Yeah. She got this 30th. <laughs> I would need more follow-up on that, but that sounds not fun. You'd have to get out and, like, dig yourself out with, like, your hands. How else could you get out of there? You'd have to push the car out. I have no idea. Hmm. A closed road, so it's like no one's coming down it. How did you get there? It's like, did you drive somewhere in camp and then you were trying to like get out the next day and it snowed or something? Someone else wrote in, went caving in Oregon. Mm. I assume that just means hiking in caves, right? Cut that out. Went caving in Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Snow trapped us inside the tunnel for five hours. Horrifying. I wonder if it was like an avalanche or... hungry? What do you eat? Um, that's my first question all the time. And people always give me shit. Of course, that's the first thing you're going to think of. How, well, that's the first thing Nicole's going to think of is. Of course it is. I need a snack I'm, within no the next same. half an hour. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Death is near. I I wonder how they got out. Again, I need more follow up on that. Yeah, was it an avalanche? Like, how did it happen? Yeah, how did that happen? I always say, like, respond to your DMs on the question box. But I'm like, if it's long, DM me, text me, literally call me. I had this girl send me six voice messages to tell me her story and it was fantastic. Thank you to that girl. You can always send me more info. I always want more details. We always are looking to get the full story, all the tea, send it over. Yeah, we need to follow up on that. Same person wrote in, hiking, went hiking, his friend slipped and got a concussion and he had to carry him three miles out of a rainstorm in Africa. This guy's been all over the place. Oregon Whoa. and Africa. Wow. <laughs> that's a range. <laughs> Oregon and Africa. That's all of it. That's the world. That's all the of it. World. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. The last one I have that I'm going to read, my friend wrote in and said that she was hiking with her puppy and she was they got stalked like by a mountain lion. And he was like, fo- it was following them. Wow. Super how they, scary. How did they get away? I need to know how to I know, we avoid need to a mountain lion. That was, yeah, that was from my friend Mackenzie. She lives in Montana, and she's super outdoorsy. So, Mackenzie, if you're listening, let us know what happened. How did you get away? You know, mm-hmm. that's really the only question. Was that your last one? Okay, that was my last one. Aaron, now that you have a feel for the stories, <laughs> give us some of your best stories. They can be scary, crazy, like... It can be what are the odds, a new segment we're going to introduce soon. Mm. What are the odds? What are the odds? There is this one story that comes to mind that was like the craziest day. It was me, my friend, and her uncle, and we were hiking a trail called Devil's Chasm. It was during the summer in Arizona, so it was like over 100 degrees. We start this hike. It's also on like a 50 mile dirt road that like you have to have high clearance. Like it's a really sketchy road, Mm -hmm. middle nowhere, no service. We're on this hike looking for these ruins, like these Native American ruins that are like up on this cliff Mm -hmm. and you have to like climb up this hill. The hill is practically all dirt. We're holding onto like these prickly bushes, trying not to like slide down this hill. And my friend's uncle is like, 
looking around for a trail to get to the final destination. Couldn't find it. (laughs) We could not find it at all. We tried for like 45 minutes on this hill and then we finally decided to turn around. I ended up like running out of water and this was the first time I've ever been like extremely dehydrated and was like, great, I'm out of water. Like, do I drink my pee? Like, what's next? Like, I was so... (laughs) What's next? And this isn't even the crazy part. It was just like a little glimpse of what was to come because so we finally make it to the car and we had like a cooler full of cold water it was great we're leaving and we see this girl talking there was like a rancher that lived nearby and she's like crying to this ranch owner and he's super confused and she's like freaking out so we pull over and we're like hey what are you okay And she was like, my car rolled into a ditch down the road. And so we pick her up and we're like, we're going to take you into town and you can like get help in town. Then we run into these guys who are on ATVs and they're kind of like hillbilly-ish. Just like, hey, like, what's up, Mm -hmm. y'all? Like, (laughs) no, it's like not in like, they were just like really like friendly but they were Mm -hmm. on their ATVs like fishing and like hunting and stuff Mm -hmm. and they were like oh we can get we can get your car out like we can get it out with your car and so we turned her she not physically but she was like freaking out yeah yeah and then we so we turn around with this group of guys and we start going down the road she was going down she went she drove through a cattle pasture like it wasn't even a road like you had to open up these gates and like it wasn't the road and we had to drive like a few miles down it which like she was by herself I would never just like go down this and you would think that's like someone's land yeah and so we finally get to her car it's literally like it's down a hill like in a ditch like it's far gone And so we start using my friend's uncle's car to tow it out because the guys had like a rope. We start towing it out. The car pulls his car (laughs) into the ditch. And like I'm sitting in the back. The car starts tipping (gasps) over (laughs) into the ditch. I'm sitting there like this. I had to like climb out of the car. And it like the ditch like swallowed his car. And so now there are two cars so we all have to hitch a ride back to town on the ATVs. On the ATVs, like it's me and my friend and this guy, like squished onto an ATV, and then her uncle's in the back with the dog because it's like a small ATV mm-hmm. on like fifty mile dirt road, and then her aunt came and picked us up from the town, and he stayed, and it took them like ten hours to dig out his car, and they never got her car out. And so I think it's still there. Oh, oh my, God. my gosh. And wow. she was alone. And she was road tripping from like Florida to Oregon and like decided to make this pit stop on this. Like this isn't a popular trail. And she she was like, I've been on Adderall for two days. I haven't slept. Oh, oh my, my gosh. She was like just not doing well. And it was like it was a brand new Jeep Cherokee. That's and sick. I don't think they could that have gone is... it. It was like in, it was like, it's going to be there for hundreds of years. Wow. That's wild. That's like a fever dream. <laughs> like such... how does all those things, ha- that's just shocking. It was such a fever dream. Oh my gosh. That's a wild wow, story. that's crazy. 
I have I have a kind of wild one. It's not to that degree, but so it was basically like the first like really long hike I've been on that was more than maybe like two hours. I went on this road trip with an ex-boyfriend around the U.S. and mm. we stopped in the Grand Canyon area first. And at this time, I like I was kind of like you, Aaron, where I like, didn't really have any hiking experience when I was a kid. I like mm-hmm. didn't really like hiking that much, and then I got into it like more recently. And the person I was dating like helped me get into it because he was really into it. Um, but he also hadn't done that much either. He was just really interested and wanted to do more. So he like found a hike, and I was like so naive at this point. I didn't even question anything, but. He found this hike called like Havasupe Falls, you know? <gasps> found this hike. <laughs> yeah, found this hike online. I've done that one. You've done the one? Yeah. Well, It's so pretty. It, it is really pretty, but it's like really long. It's like, mm. I think it's like 16 miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't you have to have like a permit to do that? You have to have a permit mm-hmm. to do it, but he was like, no, we don't need one. It's fine. I'm sure that it's okay. So we got mm. there like kind of early but like not super early only like probably like 8 a.m which is not early Men enough have so much like audacity he's like no <laughs> we don't need a we don't need a permit yeah it's fine oh my god like, but like uh... this this man in particular has like more audacity than even like the average man <laughs> and like just really is like we don't need this we don't need a permit we don't need permission we don't need this and it's like you do and it's gotten it got us in trouble so often that like it was mm. a fighting point of our relationship and it was, like, one of the reasons why we broke up. So, anyway, so we have, like, the hydro packs or whatever, like, the camelback type mm-hmm. of water. Like, we had maybe had, like, two or three liters each. It was, like, in the desert, so it's, like, pretty hot, and it's, like, a 16-mile trip, round or round trip. Did you do it in a day? You're not supposed to do it in a day. You're supposed to go there. Yeah, you backpack. Yeah, you're not supposed to, but he thought, like... 16 miles that's fine we could do that in a day he didn't realize that like you can't do that in a day and he was like well it's all flat or whatever so I bet you could do a mile in like 30 minutes like it's Mm. fine 16 miles is a ton to do in one day if you're like if you're like not experienced at all I was in like new hiking shoes I like barely knew anything about hiking I wasn't in shape so we started it and like we our plan was just to like sneak in there I guess is what his plan was is just like sneak in there and get some water and then come back from the falls and he wanted to like you know swim in the waterfall area or whatever but we didn't even make it that far because we were almost there and it was starting to get later obviously and I was like I don't think that we're gonna be able to make it there and back all the way and I'm almost out of water now I'm like more than halfway done so I'm getting kind of nervous and you know, I don't know if we have enough food and like, I don't know what's going to happen when we get there. We don't have a permit. I'm scared. Like, let's please just turn around. And after like an hour of going forward towards the falls and pleading for him to turn around, he finally was like, okay, fine, let's just turn around. So we like lost an hour doing that, but like fighting about it. But then we finally turned around and then we like it started to get dark when we were like probably two miles away and the last mile of it is walking out of the canyon which is like the hardest part because you're going uphill so like that last hour that last like mile I was out of water for like an hour I like didn't have any food I was extremely tired my feet hurt so bad from the new hiking boots and I actually like had to stop every 
maybe two minutes because I thought I was going to throw up and like I was going to pass out. We did actually make it. When we got back to the car though, on our way back, someone stopped us and we're like, what are you guys doing out here? Like, do you guys have a permit and stuff like that? And I was so delirious. I'm not sure how we talked ourselves out of it. He definitely was super suspicious, but he could tell, I think, that, like, I was, you know, like, really needed to sit Uh down. So he, like, let us go. So we got really lucky that we got off the hook for doing something illegal and not getting in trouble for it. But it pushed me way out of my limits and not in a good way. And ever since then, I've been so cautious. Like, I don't really like to, like, push myself too much because it's just not really worth like feeling like that ever again oh I cannot imagine doing that in one day that's it's terrible possible yeah I think we only ended up doing like maybe like 10 miles of it total but it's still too much yeah it's still too much because like even like five miles I would say is like probably my average ability um yeah it was like it was like 90 probably so it wasn't like oh my god that's terrible yeah it wasn't like hundreds (laughs) but like it was definitely bad I had a similar experience there where we were hiking out and we all ran out of water Mm -hmm. and like my friend her lips were like chapping like we were just like shriveling and it's the worst feeling yeah that is like my actual nightmare if anybody knows me yeah people are like i was getting to the point where i was thinking about drinking my pee i was like that was me just like in the middle of the night last night i was like i think i'm dying (laughs) should i I drink my pee right now (laughs) i'm still in shock that your ex was just like let's go that's crazy like yeah that's really strict there like it's you legit need a permit yeah yeah i mean i was so naive at that point like i don't know how we got past it i think it was just sheer dumb luck of like being so naive that we just like got yeah got past it like when you're being suspicious i feel like it's easier to get caught but when you're just like i simply just do not know what i'm doing i feel like (sighs) people just like kind of let you do it yeah but that kind of thing he would like put us in uncomfortable situations that we don't need to be in a lot Mm. just because he was like it'll end up fine and my thought is like um we'll end up dead that doesn't seem fine that's yeah that's stressful it's like for someone who knows what they're doing it's different but it just seemed like he was like whatever well it seemed it kind of seemed like he knows what he's doing but looking back he had like very like he barely had any more experience than I did so it's not Mm -hmm. like he really knew better but like men are so good at acting like they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and that they and that they have like experience that they don't have I think I'm actually kind of glad that it happened at the very beginning of the trip because after that it kind of set the tone of like no we're gonna agree on things and Mm -hmm. we're we're not gonna do more than like five miles and we're gonna always make sure we have enough water and we're gonna do less rather than more because you've made me afraid of yeah of it now so it it helped us be very cautious in the future but i feel like it was also it was like unnecessary unnecessary Mm -hmm. but like because we lived we definitely learned a lot from it but i would rather have not been in that situation (laughs) jackie's like i would have rather not lived (laughs) yeah thank you for that that was really fucked up that was man what a story yeah Yeah. the nice thing about people like that is they do get you to do stuff out of your comfort zone but when they don't know what they're doing and they don't have the common sense or the experience it's just like putting you in danger 
Yeah, exactly. So that's what's annoying. Yeah, but I think that's what's scary about, like, men sometimes is that you don't realize they're putting you in a dangerous situation until after Mm -hmm. something dangerous has happened. Yeah, and they're they're like, oh, "Oh, this is totally great. Yeah, Yeah. that was, like, on The Bachelor when Matt took Brie four-wheeling. Yes. And he's like, I'll keep you safe. And then he literally, like, rolled them off the four-wheeler. I was like, bro. Not just, cool, man. Not a good look. <laughs> they never think that the worst thing is going to happen, but women always think the worst thing is going to happen. Yeah. And we so got to find like, that happy medium. <laughs> yeah, we need to find that medium. Oh, this is where non, non-binary people come in. They're the perfect yeah. medium. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the death rate for men, not to get dark, but it's to die prematurely is higher because they do... They take, like, crazy, more risks. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. like, just do crazy stuff like put ladders above stairs and like and you're like why (laughs) why bro yeah like was that necessary jim you really didn't have to do that (laughs) i'll close it out on like a like a cool story when i was in iceland with tanner we were really trying to see the northern lights and one night we were staying at this airbnb like kind of right on the coast and they're not as easy to see on the coast as like when you get more inland, you can see them better. I think it's, I don't honestly know what it is. I'm not even going to try to explain it because I know it's going to be wrong. But we were at this Airbnb and we were sitting in this hot tub and we started to see like basically like white movement in the sky. It was at night, obviously. And we saw this like, it looked like super fast moving clouds almost. And we were like, is that what that is? And like, we couldn't really tell. And we started looking it up and it was like, oh, sometimes they can look white, like, long exposures what that makes them look colored blah blah and we were like oh that's like a huge bummer and so we like long exposure photos and stuff and so we drove up and we tried to see them and you could see like it was like these ribbons basically in the sky but they were white and they were moving so fast and it was really windy and so we were like oh like this is cool whatever like okay we saw them you know and it was like kind of we were kind of let down like we were like is that what they just look like we did all this googling and it was like yeah they look white or like a really light green but like they don't look like these vibrant colors so the next night we went more inland that's just where our next airbnb was it was like this little cabin and it was saint patrick's day we had gone to this like liquor store and gotten each got in a six pack. Like I got some ciders and he got beer. He was trying to teach me how to shotgun. I have the funniest video, guys. I'm gonna put it on the story. I'd post it at any chance that I get. It's so funny. And he's trying to. Well, anyway, so we end up drinking because we're trying to learn how to shotgun and all this stuff. We end up shotgunning like a six pack each. So we were kind of lit. We were hanging out in the in the Airbnb. We like made homemade pad thai. It was really fun. Mm. There was all these dogs at the cabin. Like it was like these people who own the cabin. Oh my god, you would have loved this. Aaron loves farm animals. That's what we meant to talk about. We, we, we stayed at these little cabins and the owner of all the little cabins, it was like on their land. And so they had a house and they had dogs, horses. They had all these animals. Goats. I think they probably had goats. They had a bunch of like livestock. Then over the hill was like all this moss and waterfalls. It was beautiful. Wow. So anyway, that night we're kind of lit and we had made this pad time. We're hanging out in the cabin and we were trying to find a movie to watch. And there was this kind of like communal cabin that you could go into that had games movies like stuff for you to go get for your to take back to your cabin or whatever and we walk outside and we hear these people like outside of their cabin like a few hundred yards away or something like kind of yelling and like getting excited about something and we look up and the northern lights are like green and purple and like so cool it was literally the coolest moment of my life we literally freaked out we were like 
oh my gosh, this is like what it looks like. And it was like green, just like ribboning across the sky, purple, like blue. We took, I took pictures of it on my phone, which is like in no way long exposure and it looks green. And like we got, Tanner had his camera, so we got some long exposure photos, but. That's sick. That's like it was, one of my biggest dreams is to see Northern Lights. Yeah. It was the cool, it was like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. That's such a good story though, because I mean, I've been in spot like situations when I'm like, oh, this isn't what I expected. Like, this is Mm -hmm. the pictures. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dang. Yeah. You're like, and then you're just like, this is going to be cooler. Yeah. It was so cool. Well, anyway, we are going to wrap up with Aaron really quick. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah. I have an Instagram. Aaron, E-R-I-N with two N's, Ray, R-A-E with three E's. Oh, <laughs> fancy. Okay. And you can find us on Instagram at So Good So Far Podcast. You can find me at Nicole Pilgrim. You can find me at Jackie's Attic. Have a good week and we will talk to you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Jackie's like, I need a fucking nap. Sorry, I'm going to get a call from someone. I'm going to decline it. Goodbye. I don't wonder who that was. It says United States. That's worrisome. Mm. <laughs> That's oh the government. pretty vague. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just the United States calling. Do you get a bunch of calls for your warranty? Yes, every single day. I yeah, thought I it was today. actually the warranty. <laughs> I'm like, my car is about to blow up. Oh, no. Oh, my I gosh, don't even no, have a car, and I get those all the time, like every day. <laughs> really? I found out it was spam like a week ago when like Aaron! a meme, <laughs> That's a meme came up and I was like, wait, no, I thought I was just like all. breaking the law. Like, oh no. <laughs> We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Yes! Aaron's like, shit. Yeah, I'm like, just, just decline. I can't deal with it. <laughs> Send it to collections. I don't yeah. even care. <laughs>